This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1336 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Wintech. y'all. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip features the Dressage Radio Show crew, Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Philip Parks, and they're chatting with Jennifer R. Roth. They're going to drill down on what the judge is really looking for at first level in dressage. But before we get to our tip, I wanted to thank Wintech for sponsoring this episode. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding them in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, WinTech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And WinTech doesn't sit on their laurels. 2019 brings even more innovation to the saddle range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. And now, on with the tip. So for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we are at first level in our segment that we are running. So this is your idea, and I think it is fantastic. Um, I really have already used a bunch of the tips that we use that we talked about last week uh, in the training level segment. So this week we are talking again with Jennifer R. Ross on first level, and I hope you enjoy because again, I think these are this is a great series, and and I'm really enjoying it for myself and all my students. So uh, enjoy Jennifer's discussion. Well, we are so excited to have Jennifer R. Roth, small R judge, uh, and FEI rider and trainer, back on the show. Jennifer, welcome back. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you for inviting me again. You did such a great job last time. We just thought, let's do it again. Oh, go on. No, thank you very much. <laughs> I had a blast, and it's so fun to, to chat with you guys this evening. I'm excited. Well, so we are continuing our series on the judge's perspective and what we're looking for at each level. And now we are, we're moving up the levels and we are at first level. So talk to us a little bit about what is the purpose of first level? Sure, absolutely. All right. So the purpose of first level, and I'm taking this directly from the the test that everybody receives back after they ride. And I want to reiterate the idea that people need to get their tests out and not only read the purpose of the level, but read the directive ideas next to each movement because there are some wonderful pointers there um, that I think people oftentimes forget about. Um, so I'm taking this directly from a first level test. Uh, it's to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics and in addition to the requirements of training level has developed the thrust to achieve improved balance and throughness and maintains a more consistent contact with the bit. So again, back in 2015, they revamped all the purposes of the level. And I think an important thing that they added um, to the whole purposes of the levels is the idea of demonstrating correct basics and the whole idea that we build from one level to the next, that they're stepping stones. And they actually stated here in the purpose that they have 
done well at training level. They were confirmed the requirements there, and now they're ready to move on to first level and have developed thrust. Now, when we talk about developing thrust, first level is the place we first see lengthening in both the trot and the canter. You know, you'll see lengthening both directions in all three of the first level tests. Um, and it's, you know, improved balance. So we're starting to talk about, you know, the horse being in better balance than maybe we thought training or intro. Um, and that ma- maintains a more consistent contact with bit, that it's starting to be steadier in the bridle all the time. Um, you know, again, we were a little bit more flexible at intro and training level. We're starting to have, you know, a little bit higher standards coming first level. So, that's going to be the purpose of first level. And what I also want to let everybody know, and, and probably everybody's caught on to this if they've thought about showing a first level test, you know, all trot work may be ridden rising or sitting now. It used to be a requirement that you had to sit the trot at first level. That is no longer the case. Hasn't been for a couple of years now. Um, and that has, you know, again, that was done more to save like the horse's backs and to encourage people to ride more forward and all of that other good stuff. Um, and it's made it a bit more of an inviting level to most people because they see that sitting trot as a daunting task if you have a big mover or if you're just kind of learning the whole sitting trot again rising you can rise or any combination of rising or sitting um throughout first level test unless it's a requirement to rise which is of course the stretchy circle um but i tell people you know people ask me all the time you know can i rise and can i sit as long as it does not disrupt the performance as long as you're not randomly throwing your horse off balance you can rise and sit whenever you want you can rise three strides, sit six, rise seven, sit two and a half. As long as it's not altering the balance of the horse and detracting from the performance, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Pepper, so, just I a quick question about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, how important is it to be rising on the correct diagonal? How much do the judges look for that? Um, interestingly enough, um, there's no rule that you have to be on the correct diagonal. The rule states that you have to change your posting diagonal when you change direction. They kind of didn't put in the fact that you have to be on the correct diagonal, at least not the last time I checked. That may have changed. Um, Again, if it's not altering the balance of the horse, if you are posting on the correct diagonal and it's not making the horse unbalanced, we don't say a word about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's aesthetically more pleasing because it's more traditional to post, you know, on the outside diagonal. Um, But again, if it's not doing any harm, then no harm, no foul. And where do you where do you like to see the change of the posting diagonal on the on the, the diagonal? The posting line? diagonal, like when you go across the diagonal or yeah. something like that. Um, what I always tell riders, you know, for referring, especially because it's his first level, the length and trot. I like to tell people either do it before you start the lengthening, or do it after you're done. Don't do it in the middle or anywhere in before or you know before you. I'm sorry, don't do the change of diagonal while you're doing your lengthening because the chances of you throwing your horse off balance or disrupting, you know, the lengthening are pretty great if you randomly change your posting diagonal in the middle. So I like to tell them, like I said, do it before you start or do it after. I personally do it after just because not always do I have a presence of mind to do it beforehand, Um, but there you go. When it comes to if you're just trotting across the diagonal, um, Anywhere is fine. I like to do it at X because it adds a degree of symmetry to it. But as long as it happens somewhere on the diagonal, it's all good. 
Got it. And how about that lengthening? Let's talk a little bit about that. That's the first time that you actually see sort of a transition within the gate. So can you talk to us a little bit about what you're looking for with the lengthening? Sure, absolutely. Um, So when we talk about the lengthening, you know, we want to see kind of a moderate change in the horse's landscape. We're going to be, when we first see it, um, in first level test one, you know, we're looking for a moderate lengthening of frame and stride. You know, the, the trot has to remain of good quality and regular. You know, the tempo has to be consistent. The horse has to be straight. And we want to see the transitions before and after, you know, the lengthening, that they're clear. Um, so we don't want to see people hit the diagonal and gun their horses and they go rushing across there and, and at a faster speed. That kind of isn't really the purpose. Um we do expect that the horse gains a length of frame, like it takes its neck and its nose out a little bit. I think everybody thinks that they have to keep the head, you know, back and in and all this other stuff. You know, that's actually going to deter the horse from wanting to cover more ground. So allowing the horse to stretch out just a little bit. Again, I don't want it going across there, you know, on a floppy rein, you know, with its nose poked out into the next county. That's not the point either but allowing the horse to lengthen its frame just a little bit. And, you know, and we're looking for a little bit of a longer stride. You know, it doesn't have to be, we're not going to hold you to the same expectation that we were at an extended trot in third level, but, you know, it's a place that we're starting to ask for, like you said, a change within gait and covering more ground without speeding up um, and maintaining that quality, you know, and not getting off balance in the middle, you know, just, balanced and steady and covering more ground. Don't chase it. Got so it. it's a difference too. You yeah. Know, sometimes people go across and, and don't honestly do enough or try to do enough either. And so it's important that they remember to actually ask for a little bit of something too. And it is a place, you know, that horses are just learning how to do it. So we expect that it's not going to be perfect, but we definitely want to see some efforts. That makes total sense. And how about the next thing that you see in first level test two is the leg yield. It's the first yes, time you're going to do that. Yeah, yield. the leg yield. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking for with that? Sure, absolutely. So I like to call the leg yield in first level test two a gentle meander because it starts <laughs> at L to the corner letter. So it's from L to M and then um, L to H. So it's it's three-quarters of the long side, which to go 10 meters sideways, three-quarters of the long side is not, there's not going to be a lot of crossover. It's more forward than it is sideways. And the whole purpose of the gentle meander at first level test two is, you know, to demonstrate control and alignment of the horse. You know, we don't, we want to see that the horse is controlled going forward and sideways in a straight way. Um, and that you have control of that shoulder, that the horse is aligned um, with reference to the long side, that you're remaining relatively parallel to the rail with the horse slightly positioned away from the direction of travel. And remember, leg yields don't have bend. They have positioning. And oftentimes I'll see somebody come down that center line for their gentle meander, and the head gets cranked around to the inside, and they shove the horse sideways. And inevitably when you bend a horse in the leg, you lose control of that shoulder. And now we've got a, a crooked gentle meander instead of, you know, the whole point of a leg yield, which is a, a straightening and control exercise, has gone out the window. 
So remember to keep your horses parallel to the rail. Keep control of that outside shoulder. Position it gently to the inside. And remember, in this instance in first two, it's probably more forward than sideways. Um, the trot shouldn't change. Whatever quality trot you had in other places, you keep that same trot in your leg yield. It's not supposed to lose impulsion. You know, you're supposed to keep that same consistent trot um, from the beginning of the leg yield to the finish of the leg yield. Got it. And how about first three? It's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult than the gentle meander, uh, right? Um, it is. It's a little back and forth. We got a little bit back and forth. Yeah, yeah, let's go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes from a gentle meander to a very dramatic sort of leg yielding. Um, I, I find this to be actually in first three. This. In addition to, um, I think the circle 10 meter to halt to circle 10 meter, yes. the leg yield sequence and the circle turn circle are the two most difficult things in first three that people yeah. seem to have the most trouble with. Um, we were talking about posting diagonals just a little bit earlier. So the leg yield in and out in this test, you know, oftentimes if I have a client that is going to rise the leg yield, I tell them to swap their posting diagonal. So the leg yield is from the left to the right. You're coming from the rail in to X in this test and then from X back out to the corner. So you come around. I tell them to go from posting with the left shoulder to posting with the right shoulder because oftentimes once you started that leg yield, if you're posting with what is now the outside shoulder in this leg yield, it helps riders to use their inside, their left leg. It's it's actually a change of direction, isn't it? Yeah, you know, somewhere somewhere right. after the corner, you have to change the direction of travel Correct. because there yeah. there has to be a slight left bending and moving from away from that n- new inside leg. You have left to change leg. what the inside leg is, right? So that makes sense. Absolutely. With your posting, you have to be change, posting with the change, change of posting direction. Diagonal. Absolutely. But for some reason, some people don't think about it that way. But those sure. of us that you know have to remind people of all these fun things when they're getting ready to go down Caroline, they can't even remember their own name. Um, that, you know, this, this, this will help you out. I promise. It's a lot to think about, but this will help you out. So what, you know, so again, we're looking for in that leg yield in and out, you know, the alignment of the horse, you know, that I will admit that that leg yield coming from the rail in, that's really hard. You know, the rail has a gravitational pull. It always sucks horses over. So getting the horse to like break that gravitational pull and move away from the rail off that left leg is, is a really hard thing to do. It often seems like the leg yield from X back to the rail is way easier for most people because the rail is drawing the horse over there anyway. Um, so, again, it's about alignment. Again, leg yields don't have bend. They just have positioning. And we're looking for the quality of the trot, the consistent tempo, that it's not like turning into this crawl as you try to move it sideways, that you have that same good quality of trot that you had through the other parts of the test. You're demonstrating that here. And, it, you know, it's, it's balanced and it's flowing. But, yeah, straightness is the thing that you see fall apart the most. Oftentimes, you know, people are trying to get to X and it's a not easy thing to do. And all of a sudden we're on a diagonal and we've left the haunches in the back 40. You know, so really practice, you know, if you can, get into a regulation size ring. So it's not a surprise when you get to a show. Or, you know, if you have, you know, go out and ride in your field and mark out, you know, where the different letters are, even if it's not a, a ring per se. But know what it feels like to go 10 meters sideways in that short of space because it's not a lot of time 
And mm-hmm. people don't realize that until they get to a show and all of a sudden they're in the test going, well, that was a lot harder. And I just got an insufficient score because I never even got close to X. Um, <laughs> so practice. Practice yeah. beforehand. Don't Geom- wait that's a you geometry get thing again, right? It's already too late. Yeah. Geometry. Absolutely. Don't lose unnecessary points. You know, it's, you know, you lose a half point or a point here or there. You know, that's the difference in a lot of times first place and last place. So make every point count. Don't leave points on the table when you don't have to. Yeah. For, no, I think, I think it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is it's also first three requirement is sort of the introduction to counter canter or the, the loop in counter canter. Yes. That brief that moment of counter in the canter loop. Um, yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah they, they, I've seen again, it written in so many different ways. Coming off of training three where in the trot and training three you change the bend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, people think it's the same thing. So in – yeah, exactly. And it's not because especially if you're riding a horse that if you're lucky enough has more training and maybe a flying change – if you go across <laughs> there and you pull on the outstretch, pull its head the other direction, all of a sudden you've got a, a lovely lead change that is definitely above the level and not what we're looking for. And we can't give you extra credit points, unfortunately. Um, oh. So, yeah, it's the, yeah I, I'm so sad. I know that was a lovely clean change, but uh, it work. <laughs> not. Uh, <Yeah>. No. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it's the first introduction of counter canner, and it's just a couple strides. You know, a little bit right before X, at X, and after X. But like counter canner, you know, you have to keep the bend towards the lead. So if you're doing the loop to the right, you know, you want to keep that right bend all the time. And again, it's just a few steps to counter canner. It's the first introduction to it. You want to make sure you stay sitting into the bend. Maintain the degree of bend that you would, you know, normally for the lead. You know, don't go randomly cranking on the outside rein because even if your horse doesn't, have a lead change if you pull it back to the wall with your left ring there's a good chance it's going to fall out of balance and either swap leads or break um so yeah really think about maintaining the bend and it's again a a, just a soft arc people either try to ride it like a triangle like it's a broken line and then all of a sudden you know the degree of difficulty just got way harder and again we're breaking or swapping or doing something we're not supposed to be doing and then we're not getting that eight that i want to give you um, but ease in, ease out, and make sure you get to X, um, because that is the line that I am sitting on. I am sitting on the center line, and I will be able to tell if you don't touch the center line. So yeah. get there. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Well, fantastic. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for going through first level on our journey up the levels with the judge. Uh, and if our listeners have any questions or extra questions for you, how would they find you online? Uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, that is usually the place that I prowl and stalk other people the most. Um, on <laughs> Facebook, I am Jennifer R. Roth. There are other Jennifer Roths out there. Um, but I am Jennifer R. Roth on Facebook. I also have a, a farm Facebook page. It's Milestone Farm. And you can like that page. That would be awesome. And I'm redoing my website. So hopefully by the next time I talk to you guys, I will have something useful there um, that I can send people to, but not quite yet. Love it. (laughs) Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This was fantastic. And both Phil and I learned stuff. We really appreciate it. Perfect. Well, thank you guys again for having me. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. 
Well, there you have it. Make sure to have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you with the Horse Radio Network app. It works for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store, search Horse Radio Network, download it today. You can also subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, etc., your favorite podcast player. And thank you again to the folks at WinTech for sponsoring this show. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>